0: I'm telling you, these women were surprised. They ran up against something they certainly never ever expected to experience. These women were completely surprised by what they found. Luke chapter 24 gives us the story of the first people on the scene after Jesus' resurrection. The first witnesses to say what had happened. And their names were Mary, Mary, and Joanna. There may have been more. Mark mentions a woman named Salome. Verse 10 says that there were others in the group like Salome, but they were all women. And they were the first on the scene, and they were the first to share this crazy story. I would have never come up with this story in a million years. And I would never have told it this way. As I was reading it this week for this message I, and rereading it and rereading it this week, I kept thinking, I would never tell this story like this. And to me, that means that it has the ring of truth. I mean, for one thing, the miracle of the resurrection that we've been singing so loudly about this morning is never described. Do you ever think about that? There are no witnesses to the actual moment of Jesus coming back from the dead. We're going to see the effects of it. We're going to hear that it has happened. There'll be plenty of evidence for this miracle, but if it was a movie, we'd see the body sit up, right? We'd read about that. We'd see his legs begin to twitch. It'd be a jump scare. Whoa, what happened? Or we'd see the color returning to his flesh. We'd see his chest begin to go up and down again. He takes his deep breath and he sits up. We see him swing his legs and stand up. And then we see the action of him coming back from the dead and walking out of the tomb. But God doesn't tell his story that way. That all happened. But it all happened in the secrecy of the tomb. No witnesses but the Father, the Spirit, and the Son himself. And then these first people on the scene are women. I love that. But I would have never come up with it. But I love it. I love it because women in that day were not trusted as reliable witnesses for public matters women often had second-class status in ancient near eastern cultures we'll see in a few minutes that they were not initially believed even by their brother disciples but in how God tells this story these women were the first on the scene and the first with the good news and that does at least two things at the same time first it elevates the status of women which Jesus does at every turn The Gospel of Luke is chock full of Jesus' interactions with women, and they are overwhelmingly positive. Everywhere Jesus goes, he lifts up and improves the lives of women. He treats women with dignity and respect. He often points out where his female disciples have been more faithful and more faith-filled than their male counterparts. Jesus cherishes women and lifts them up at every turn. Ladies, if you have been taught that Christianity denigrates you, you have been taught wrong. Certainly Christians have often done that, but Christ has not. If you want to read more about that, I would recommend this book by Rebecca McLaughlin, Jesus Through the Eyes of Women, how the first female disciples help us to know and love the Lord. It's a really good introduction to Jesus from the perspective of the women in his life. And again, their status improves here As women are the first on the scene and the first with the good news. But at the very same time, that lends credibility to the whole story. Because at the time, nobody would have come up with that. In her book, McLaughlin says the fact that all four Gospels make the women central to their resurrection, sorry, the fact that all four Gospels make the women central to their resurrection claim. Appeals to us as 21st century readers, but it would have had the opposite effect on literate men in the Greco-Roman world. As one scholar explains, women were thought by educated men to be gullible in religious matters and especially prone to superstitious fantasy and excessive religious practices. From their perspective, Mary Magdalene and the other weeping women who witnessed Jesus' so-called resurrection were a joke. If the gospel authors had been making up their stories, they could have made Joseph of Arimathea, the owner of the tomb, and Nicodemus, the first resurrection witnesses, two well-respected men involved in Jesus' burial. The only possible reason for the emphasis on the testimony of women and weeping women at that is if they really were the witnesses. Do you get that? It's history. I think that's exactly right. This way of telling this crazy story gives it the unmistakable ring of truth. But we've gotten ahead of the story itself. Let's look and see what Luke actually says actually happened. Have you found Luke 24? What these women actually found? Look with me at Luke chapter 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they entered they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus now i have four things that i want to point out that these women surprisingly found on that fateful sunday morning and here's number 1 an empty an open an empty tomb an open an empty tomb. According to Luke chapter 23, the previous chapter, Jesus died on a Friday. And these women who had been following him for a long time were there at his crucifixion. Many of his male disciples headed for the hills. They were nowhere to be seen. But his female disciples followed from a distance and they watched the awful thing happen to him that happened on Good Friday. And then Jesus was buried in a tomb. And those same women saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it that's chapter 23 verse 55 they had gone home then and prepared spices to anoint his body after the sabbath the saturday they loved jesus and they wanted him to be honored in his death and as obedient jewish believers they rested quietly on the sabbath and waited for the sunday morning to come luke says that it was very early that morning The sun had just begun to send out beams over the horizon when the women set out for the tomb. They knew where it was. They didn't know how they were going to get into it. They thought they would have to come up with some kind of a plan, but they were surprised. They were greeted by an open tomb. That was the first clue that something big had happened. And the second clue was the biggest one. There was no body there. Look at verse 2 again. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. What's even more amazing than what they found was what they did not find. They didn't find any corpse. The tomb was not only open, but it was empty. That never happens, by the way. On Memorial Day, you never go down to the cemetery to put your flowers on your loved one's grave and there's this great big gaping hole where they had been laid to rest, right? Oh, they're gone. I wonder where they went this weekend. Fred and Susie Edwards have never had one get away from them. The next verse says, they were wondering about this. And no wonder. This just doesn't happen. Unless there are grave robbers. That's what Mary Magdalene thought at first. The Gospel of John says that she told the other disciples that theory, the grave robber theory, that Jesus' body had been stolen. We looked at that last year on Resurrection Sunday in John chapter 20. But it wasn't grave robbers. Jesus' body was not stolen, and God sent two amazing messengers to make that clear. Look at verse 4. While they were wondering about this, while they were perplexed, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood before them, beside them. Now, that's angels, right? Can you imagine what this was like? Their clothes gleamed like lightning? Like lightning? That's all of the electricity that these folks knew, right? They did not harness electricity that year. They didn't have stadium lights, boof, 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 to go on. The, the brightest light other than the sun is lightning. And these two men's clothes gleam like lightning. How bright was that? Have you ever looked at lightning and then closed your eyes and you could still see it? You know what I'm talking about? That's bright. These men's clothes gleamed like lightning. They, they, they were standing next to living lightning. And that's not the most amazing thing they're going to see in the future, in the near future. These women... Hit the dirt. Verse 5. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. Their faces to the ground. They hit the dirt. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. That's the second big thing they found. They found a powerful promise kept. The angels tell the women that, you know, you shouldn't be so surprised that Jesus is not here. Because he told them in advance that he was going to do this. He said it again and again. They just didn't understand what he was saying. They just just didn't get it. They couldn't wrap their minds around it. That's why the angel soft rebukes them. He's gentle, but the message is clear. Why do you look for the living, Jesus, among the dead, the tomb? Don't you remember what he promised? He told you that he was going to be betrayed. He knew about Judas. He told you that he was going to be crucified on Thursday night. He'd taken bread and said, this is my body which is given for you. he had taken a cup and he had said, this is my blood which is poured out for you. He told you he was going to be executed by sinful men. But he also said that he would eat that meal again. He said he was going to be raised from the dead on the third day. Huh. And if he can keep that promise, then there's no promise he cannot keep. There is unbelievable power at work here the power to raise the dead and the power to keep every one of his precious promises. That's good news, isn't it? It's good news because it means our salvation. Jesus' crucifixion paid for the sins of his people, and the resurrection cements the deal. The Apostle Paul said Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. In other words, he came back to life to give us life. Like the choir just sang, just as he promised, just as he said. And it's good news because it means that God's plan is not derailed You feel sometimes like God's plan is off track? You might have come to church this morning after a really rough week, maybe a really rough month, maybe a really rough year, maybe a really rough life. Some of you, this last week was like a country western song. You lost your girl, you lost your job, you lost your truck, you lost your dog, right? Right? And I'm being funny, but maybe you didn't have anything to laugh about this last week. And you're feeling like God's plan must be off track. Have you seen the state of the world? Have you read the headlines? Well, when these precious ladies got up that Sunday morning, they believed that the Lord Jesus Christ was a cadaver. And he had told them that he was going to die, but not stay dead. And when the angels reminded them, verse 8, they remembered his words. Oh, 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 yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Maybe all is not lost. Maybe God's plan is on track. Maybe Jesus is alive. And we gather and we say, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Indeed, indeed he is. But not everyone believes. Look at verse 9. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, minus Judas, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women. Because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Here's the third thing the women found. A hefty dose of skepticism. The apostles did not believe the women. It doesn't say they didn't believe them because they were women. But sadly, that probably didn't help. But it was because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Like idle tales. Like foolishness. What are you saying? What do you mean the tomb is empty? Empty. What do you mean there were men shining like lightning? What do you mean that Jesus is alive? That's crazy talk. Ladies, what are you talking about? Some of you may think that all this stuff we're talking about today is crazy. Some of you may be skeptics and yourself and you've been drugged to church by someone you love. I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for coming today. I hope this is a chance for you to rethink the evidence and to consider the case for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not a slam dunk because these women said these things, but I sure think it has the ring of truth. And in fact, I've staked my whole life on it. As Todd says, we have a class right now called Cold Case Christianity that's being taught by Keith Hurley here on Sunday mornings at 830 30. The guy who wrote the curriculum was a homicide detective that uses his knowledge of sifting through evidence to examine the claims of Christianity. Next Sunday in class, they're talking about the standard of proof and debunking conspiracy theories. Christianity is not something where you check your brain at the door and believe illogical things with no evidence. No, instead, Christianity is something where you engage your brain in weighing the evidence and then believing in some amazing things because of it. Yes, this is an amazing claim. We believe that Jesus Christ came back from the dead. And one of the reasons is because these women, who many people knew, some of them are named here, these witnesses are named, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and some others who are not named here but who were there, gave evidence. They gave testimony. They went to the tomb and they found the stone rolled away and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus What do you think? What do you think? Do you believe this? If you're not sure, I challenge you to check it out for yourself. I believe these women, and it makes all the difference in everything. Number four and last, the fourth thing that these women found, the chain reaction that changed everything. At first, the apostles didn't believe, but Peter said, I've got to go see for myself. Look at verse 12. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. He wasn't sure yet either. He walks away, scratching his head. Peter could see the strips of linen were there. If somebody stole the body, why would they leave the grave clothes? That just makes it seem like there was a resurrection. Maybe there is a resurrection. The Gospel of John tells us that the Apostle John ran with Peter to the tomb. And when John saw the empty tomb and the strips of linen that had been covering Jesus just lying there, John got it. The penny dropped. And John believed. First the women disciples. Then the men disciples. More and more people check it out. More and more people hear the word. And then Jesus starts appearing to them as well. There are several accounts in the rest of this chapter as it closes of Jesus showing up and talking to them. And Paul documents even more. More than 500 people see Jesus alive over the next 40 days. More than 500 people at different times will swear upon cross-examination that Jesus Christ is alive again. Many of those people were not only willing to swear that Jesus was alive, they were willing to stake their entire life on it. They were willing to die for what they saw. Peter was one of them. This guy who didn't know what to make of it at first, historical tradition says that he was crucified upside down for saying that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. First the women, then the men, then the church in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the earth, even to Lance, Pennsylvania. The good news has reached our ears. Jesus is alive, and it makes all the difference in the world. It means hope. It means peace. It means joy. It means salvation. It means eternal life. It means our own resurrections. Someday we will be resurrected as well. And there's nothing wrong in my life that a good resurrection won't fix. Amen? I would have never come up with this crazy story and I would have never told it this way, but I wouldn't change a thing because what the women found truly changes everything.